You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. Today's episode being brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today is Thursday, May 13th, and today on the show, we are talking pro Zags, we're talking Gonzaga baseball, and of course, we're ranking another recruiting class. There are a whopping four playoff games this morning for Zags overseas. So we'll let you know all of the details on all four of those. Plus, we're going to preview Gonzaga's baseball series with Portland starting tomorrow night. Uh, They are finally back from their two-week COVID pause, and they got a three-game road series coming up this weekend. So we will see how they play after taking a bunch of time off. And then, of course, we're going to finish the show with the 20th-ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era. And speaking of Mark Few, before we get to all of that, I just want to touch on three things that Mark Few talked about in his interview on Adam Morrison's podcast. And the first is Kevin Pangos. He absolutely raved about Kevin Pangos and how influential he was, not just on the court, but off the court in getting Mark Few to change how he built team chemistry. And it was really, really fascinating and incredible to listen to those kinds of stories. Um, And and part of me is biased because I was the same year as Kevin Pangos in school. So I got to watch his entire career in person. Um, But I've always thought, especially over the last five years now, that he and Gary Bell were two of the most underrated players. Not were, they are. They are two of the most underrated players in the program's history. That I think they, they while they were there, completely elevated Gonzaga from what looked like kind of a plateau in those post-Morrison days. They really weren't doing much in the tournament. Uh, and then they lifted them into totally new heights with the 2013 season, and then finally getting back to that Elite Eight in 2015. Um, those two guys springboarded, really, Gonzaga into what it is today. And so I will always stand up for those two guys as the two most underrated players in Gonzaga history. And it was really interesting and really cool to listen to Mark Few talk about Kevin Pangos. And then another thing that Few hinted at is that Drew Timmy will be back in Spokane next year. He didn't come out and outright say that, but he made a joke early on in the podcast that kind of insinuated it. Uh, Drew Timmy has not said anything publicly on if he wants to test the waters or not. And the last day to put your name into uh, testing the waters is May 30th at the end of this month. And then the last thing is how much respect he has for Brian Michelson. The program sounds like it's going to be in great hands uh, with Brian Michelson taking over that spot that Tommy Lloyd left behind. Uh, Coach Few, he, he praised him for the impact he's had, especially over the last four seasons is what he mentioned, and then specifically with recruiting. And he talks about how B-Mike is really good at building and fostering relationships. And then he also says, and I thought this was really interesting, that he gives a ton of responsibilities to his assistants. And Brian Michelson has pretty much excelled at everything that he's ever been given. And speaking of Brian Michelson, Dana O'Neill of The Athletic said she just had an hour-long conversation with him 
earlier this week about the roster for next season and a bunch of other stuff. And that piece is supposed to be written and it's supposed to be up on The Athletic this morning. So if you have a subscription to The Athletic, I suggest reading it. And tomorrow on the show, I will highlight anything major uh, that comes out of that article. Okay, now we move on to some ProZags updates. Rui Hachimura and Kelly Olynyk were the two players in action in the NBA on Wednesday night. Uh, Rui Hachimura played 30 minutes. He had 11 points on 5 of 11 shooting, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers. The Wizards uh, blew a late lead and lost to the Atlanta Hawks, which makes it a an uphill battle this weekend to, to get into that uh, 8 spot. And so they only have to win one play-in tournament game. It looks like they're going to finish as the 10 seed. Um, they are two and a half games clear of the Bulls as the 11. So that means they would have to lose their final two games and the Bulls would have to win their final three and those two teams would tie. That seems unlikely as the Wizards play two of the worst teams in the league to finish up their season. So in all likelihood, the Wizards are probably going to finish 10th and we wait to see on the Pacers because the Pacers and Hornets are tied for that 8 and 9 spot right now. So we could get Sabonis and Rui in the 9-10 game in the playoffs or we could get Hornets Wizards as the 9-10 game and Pacers Celtics, which would be really interesting um, in the 7-8 game. So we'll see how this weekend shakes out. The other player, like I said, was Kelly Olynyk. He had 16 points in the third quarter to keep Houston in that game against the Lakers on the road. And then he actually hit a late shot that gave the Rockets a one-point lead, but they could not get a final stop. The Lakers won 124 to 122. But Kelly Olenek finished the game with 24 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals. He's been, I've said this many times, but he's been absolutely phenomenal uh, in his time in Houston. He only played 25 minutes to do all that, and he's been absolutely fantastic. And we'll see what the offseason holds for him. But I think him and a healthy Christian Wood, when he comes back for the Rockets next year, is a pretty good front court and something that they could certainly build on as a franchise. Okay, we move now to Zags overseas. There are four European Zags in the playoffs today. The first is Nigel Williams-Goss. The second is Kevin Pangos. They are in the same tournament in the VTB United League. This confused the heck out of me when I was looking at it because Kevin Pangos' team just had a playoff series in the Euro League and lost to Barcelona. And I thought, okay, that's probably the end of their season. Turns out it's not. They're playing in two different leagues at the same time, which is thoroughly confusing. So, in the VTB United League, Kevin Pangos' team is the number one seed. Nigel Williams-Goss' team is the number two seed. They would play each other in a championship series. Both of their teams are up one game to nothing. Both of them are playing this morning. They played. Those two teams have played each other twice uh, throughout this regular season. Nigel Williams-Goss was not yet with uh, his locomotive team. And Kevin Pangos didn't play either one of those games for his team. So, Pangos and Goss, despite being in the same league, have not played each other yet this season. And it's possible they'll play each other for a VTB United League Championship if they can both get there. But, like I said, both of their squads up one nothing right now in a best-of-three series. And Game 2 of their series is this morning. Gino Crandall also playing this morning. His team won uh, on Tuesday 77-76 in leg one of their semifinal of May Madness. There's two legs. The winner on aggregate advances to the May Madness Championship, which is super European. Um, and so they play at 9 a.m. this morning. If 
They win. Obviously, they win on aggregate. If they lose by a point, then it's a tie. And I honestly don't know how ties work. If they lose by two or more, then Newcastle will be going to the uh, May Madness National Championship game. So we'll see what happens today with Gino Crandall in the British Basketball League. Kyle Wilcher also starting game one of a three-game series in the quarterfinals. Uh, His team in Turkey is the number six seed. So they'll be taking on the three seed in the quarterfinals. Kyle Wilcher leads the team with uh, just under 19 points, 18.7 points, six rebounds, two and a half assists. He's been their best player. He plays on the same team as Sam Decker, who was on that uh, 2015 Wisconsin team that upset undefeated Kentucky. And then he also plays with Nick Johnson. If you remember Nick Johnson, he was on the 2014 Arizona team that beat the heck out of Gonzaga in the second round of that 2014 NCAA tournament. So, uh, like I said, uh, Kyle Wilcher's team in Turkey starting game one of a three-game series today. So there you go, four Gonzaga players overseas, Nigel Williams-Goss, Kevin Pangos, Gino Crandall, Kyle Wilcher, all playing playoff games today. Of course, I will update you on all four of those, uh, both on my Twitter feed as I see them, and then uh, on the podcast tomorrow, we'll recap and preview what is to come for all four of those guys. All right, coming up, we are going to preview Gonzaga's three-game series at Portland coming up this weekend. This will be their first games back after a about a two-and-a-half-week COVID pause. So we will see how they play after such a long layoff. Portland still has a chance to win the WCC if they take two or even three from Gonzaga. So this is a big series for both teams, and we'll preview it here in just a second. First, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Alright, let's talk some baseball. Gonzaga baseball returns this weekend after a two and a half week COVID pause. They are 14 and four in the WCC and they take on the Portland Pilots on the road at Portland. Portland Pilots 13 and eight in the WCC. Gonzaga is a game and a half uh, ahead of San Diego in the WCC standings. Portland has won four of their last five, including a win against Washington State in Pullman on Tuesday. A nice win for them. The Zags and Pilots have played each other three times already this season. It was kind of weird. They played a non-conference three-game series in Spokane at the start of March. Gonzaga won two of those three games. And so now they play again in Portland as part of a conference series. Probable starters for Friday's game, Brett Gillis for Portland, Alec Jacob for Gonzaga. On Saturday, it'll be Brad McVeigh for Portland. And surprisingly, it's going to be William Kempner for Gonzaga. Normally, Gabriel Hughes is their Saturday starter. So it's interesting, especially coming off COVID pause, that Hughes is not scheduled to pitch on Saturday. So Sunday's game is TBA for both teams. Portland, uh, they are 13-8 and in the WCC. Like I said, that is their best start 
in the league since 2010. So shout out to the Pilots for having a, a decent baseball team this year. They are led by Chad Stevens, their shortstop. He is the cog in their machine. He leads the team in batting average and doubles and homers and RBIs and steals. Gonzaga, on the other hand, is looking to pick up where they left off prior to their COVID pause. They had won six straight, and they had won 15 of 19 overall. So it was about the worst possible time to have a COVID pause. Not that there really is a good time, but uh, they were playing super, super well, and they had a stretch where they were about to play San Diego for three games and Oregon for uh, three games. So really good competition. Hopefully they're still able to schedule that Oregon game, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But Gonzaga is still ranked in the top 25 despite not playing the last two weeks. Their RPI is 23rd in the country, which is slightly ahead of Pac-12 powerhouse Oregon State. The latest D1 baseball bracketology has them as a two seed in the Eugene Regional with Oregon as their one seed. Kentucky is their three seed. Northeastern is the four seed. Once the regionals uh, approach, I will explain how college baseball's playoffs and NCAA tournament works. I uh, explained it in a prior episode about probably two, two and a half weeks ago before the COVID pause. It's uh, it's complicated and I don't want to explain it every single time on the show. So once the playoffs actually start, I'll explain it again uh, for those that are interested in watching Gonzaga baseball in the NCAA tournament because they will make it. Like I said, there's still a chance that they can reschedule a game or two with Oregon by the end of the regular season. And if they do play them multiple times, I'm not sure that the committee will send them to Eugene. They may end up sending them to Tucson because Arizona and Oregon are most likely both going to host regionals. But we'll see what happens here at the end of the season. Alec Jacob, Friday's starter. He has been one of the most dominant pitchers in all of college baseball prior to the pause. He had the no-hitter against Pepperdine, but he takes the mound on Friday and he leads the WCC in both strikeouts and whip. William Kempner, he's going to be Saturday starter this week. He's 2-1 with a 2.20 ERA across seven outings, but he's not pitched in a game in over a month. He started and pitched six and a third, really good innings against St. Mary's on April 11th, and he has not pitched since. Not just because of the two-week COVID pause, but he didn't pitch the two weeks prior to the COVID pause either. So it'll be over a month since the last time he took the mound. And if Gabriel Hughes is unavailable this weekend, we will kind of see what they decide to do for Sunday starter. Alec Gomez mm, seems like he's probably the best option. He's been pitching really, really well lately, and he actually pitched six scoreless innings against Portland back in that series in March. On the offensive side of the ball, Brett Harris might be the front runner for WCC Player of the Year. Uh, he's Gonzaga's third baseman. He leads the WCC in batting average at 373. He leads the conference in on-base percentage at a whopping 500, and he scores more than a run per game, which is pretty wild. His teammate on the left side of the diamond is Ernie Yake, and he bats atop the lineup. He has a 319 batting average, and he's got more walks than strikeouts, which in today's game is kind of rare, and he really is the perfect leadoff hitter. Gonzaga is 13-9 on the road this season. Portland is 10-10 at home. All three games can be found on the WCC Network this weekend. Friday and Saturday is going to be a 6 p.m. first pitch Pacific time, and Sunday is going to be at noon Pacific time. Gonzaga baseball is back. All right, coming up, we are going to reveal the 20th ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era. It is certainly nothing over the top special, no superstars, but it does consist of three really, really rock solid role players and a walk on who might be the next assistant coach at Gonzaga. 
But first, a minute to talk about Bet Online. The NFL schedule got released on Wednesday night, and week one lines are up, playoff odds are up, everything you want to bet on the NFL up at Bet Online right now. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and now the NFL, and also all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting events, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in the NBA and NHL. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKED ON. All right, again, just a quick recap for those that are new here. Over the next month, we are counting down from worst recruiting class to best recruiting class of the Mark Few era. These rankings do include transfers, and those transfers count from the year they entered the program. Two of those transfers are in today's class. The most notable walk-ons, and there is one in today's class, also included. These are my own personal rankings. Feel free to debate me on them, but they're a combination of talent and success and what they meant to the program as a whole. Yesterday was the class of 2008. Today, the 20th ranked recruiting class is a huge throwback, the class of 2002. Class of 2002 includes two transfers and one scholarship freshman and one notable walk-on. The two transfers are Tony Skinner and Earl Knight. The one scholarship freshman is Sean Mallon, and the notable walk-on is Stephen Gentry. So Tony Skinner, Earl Knight, Sean Mallon, Stephen Gentry, the class of 2002. Let's start with Tony Skinner. Tony Skinner came in from a junior college. He came in from Northeastern Junior College in Colorado, where he was a double-figure scorer and nearly a 40% three-point shooter. He came to Gonzaga and played his final two seasons in Spokane, where he was an on-and-off starter. He scored pretty well, just under 10 points a game uh, his junior season. And his he's really, let's be honest, he's really known more than anything else for his insane 25-point performance against Arizona in the epic double overtime loss uh, in that game. He was 8 for 17. He might have been the best player on the court in the first 30-ish minutes of that game. Um, He was 5 for 11 from deep. had five rebounds, a couple assists to go with those 25 points. But Tony Skinner, two years at Gonzaga after coming in from a junior college. Earl Knight also transferred in. He transferred in from Washington. So Dan Dickow started that pipeline from Washington. Earl Knight followed. So he played his freshman year at Washington, came into Gonzaga, had a redshirt transfer sit-out year in the 2002-2003 season. And then he was a fairly consistent starter for two seasons before going back to being a role player in his senior season in 05-06. But during those two seasons when he started, he was uh, a really, really tenacious rebounder. Wasn't the biggest score, five or six points. But there is still video online of his game-winning three against San Diego in the final seconds of the 2006 season. Have a listen here to some old-school Greg Heister and I believe Craig Elo on the call. Here we go. Single down screen. There's Earl Knight. Oh, Rabio. By Rabio, he's over nine, but Elton Cespedes with the rebound. Earl Knight, a Here's Earl Knight, the corner. Good from the corner by Earl Knight. 
under 10 to play. USD will play it out. Drive by Johnson, Johnson. drives. Regattas with the long rebound, shot away, no good, Gonzaga wins by a point on the three-point shot by Earl Knight. What a finish from the Jenny Craig. How about that for some old-school throwback? 15 years ago, Earl Knight, a game-winning three from the corner, Greg Heister on the call back in 2006. How about that? And then there's Sean Mallon, the local kid from Spokane. He redshirted his first year on campus, and then he was a role player as a redshirt freshman. And then his final three seasons, he started 76 games and was just super, super consistent. He played 20 to 25 minutes every night, and it'll get you anywhere between 6 to 14 points, right around 5, you know, 4, 5, 6 rebounds. Really the definition of a good role-playing big. And now he's actually coaching at Ferris High School back in Spokane in the GSL. So I get to coach against him a couple times a year, which is super cool. He's a very, very nice person as well. So shout out to Sean Mallon, the third person of this recruiting class. And then also Stephen Gentry. He didn't play a whole lot as a walk-on, but he's a great basketball mind. He ended up uh, going to coach with Brad Underwood for a little bit at Stephen F. Austin. He came back to Gonzaga was director of operations for a couple seasons at Gonzaga, and then went to Illinois the last few years uh, to be with Brad Underwood again as an assistant. And it's very possible that he ends up back at Gonzaga once again as the new assistant for uh, the Zags and Mark Few now that Tommy Lloyd has left a chair open. So we'll see if Stephen Gentry indeed does become an assistant coach for Gonzaga But he was really one of the first notable walk-ons. He was up there kind of with Brian Michelson as a really, really smart basketball mind, really good teammate who ended up going to uh, become a, uh, a very good basketball coach. So there you have it, the class of 2002. Like I said, no star power, but all three guys in the class that played, Tony Skinner, Earl Knight, Sean Mallon, all of them had their moments at Gonzaga, right? Tony Skinner against Arizona, Earl Knight hit a huge three to win a game. Sean Mallon was just really solid all the time. So a good class, not a great class, and so that's why I put them at the number 20 spot. Tomorrow, another class, the number 19 ranked recruiting class, and it is the most recent of any of the classes we have talked about so far. I think it may be possibly a little bit controversial, but I will explain why I ranked it, where I ranked it, and so you can listen for that tomorrow. Tomorrow is another Gonzaga five-star Friday. I have received three really good stories over the last week, so tomorrow we're going to read one of them on the show. We'll also recap all four playoff games that I mentioned from our Zags overseas. And of course, we will continue our countdown of recruiting classes with that 19th ranked recruiting class of the Mark Fiera that I just mentioned. It is a loaded Friday show coming up tomorrow. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today, they're talking about the NFL schedule release and how the Dallas Cowboys may start 2-0. What a shame that would be. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. 
I will read them tomorrow and every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions or ideas you want me to talk about, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Thursday. We will see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.